0: in America and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, where we speak our values loudly and clearly. And we believe the only way to shine the light of truth on the educational landscape in this country is to speak our values. We must speak and declare our values early and often, as they say in Chicago, early and often. And today, October 25th is an anniversary of Americans, before they were called Americans, speaking their values. Today's the anniversary of the Edenton Tea Party. What? What in the world is the Edenton Tea Party, you ask? Well, I know we're familiar with the Boston Tea Party, December 16th, 1773. Approximately, you know, 50 some odd guys dress up. In their Indian garb, you know, led by Hancock and and Adams, and they they sneak onto some ships in the Boston Harbor, and then you know they spend the next several minutes dumping tea over the side, and of course they clean up after themselves when they're done. the the uh, The rumor has it that they even swept up. You know, they wanted to leave the place better than they found it, and they uh, you know they're they're protesting. Taxation on, on tea, and they're speaking their values. This would be akin to to the uh, to the French nun, I think, uh, dropping her rugby skills on the on the would be protester. Although you know they're not tackling anyone, it's it, it's a physical act. They're sneaking aboard the ships. They're dumping tea into the harbor. Uh, you know, they're just they're causing trouble. Out there ruffling feathers. Now, granted, they were you know trespassing, and you know some of the the founding fathers were were upset with that element. You know while they they supported them in principle, you know they were why well, you got to go trespassing. Nonetheless, the Boston Tea Party is one of our most famous acts of protesting that we have in this country. December sixteenth, seventeen seventy three. What followed in March is a second Boston Tea Party, which, you know, doesn't carry the same, you know, notoriety. I mean, once you do it once, you you know, you try to do it again, and it's just, you know, it doesn't have the the same flair, and that kind of uh, lit other, you know, quote-unquote tea parties and other colonies. But the Tea Party that took place in Edenton on October 25th, 1774 was a tea party of a whole nother variety. This party was one of the first organized political actions by American women to have occurred. Yes, you heard that correctly. The moms, the wives, they got involved politically, which was something that really the ladies didn't do. But they had had enough. And like their husbands, they decided we're going to stand up and we're going to do something. We have to voice our values. So, roughly, You know, 50 some odd ladies gather at the home of Mrs. Elizabeth King, and they're going to sign a proclamation declaring their values. This group is led by Penelope Barker. She's the wife of the treasurer of the province of North Carolina. His name is Thomas Barker, and she's the one who organized this seemingly innocuous tea party in Edenton. She gathers these 50 ladies together, and they sign this proclamation. And here's what it says. The provincial deputies of North Carolina, having resolved not to drink any more tea, nor wear any more British cloth, many ladies of this province have determined to give memorable proof of their patriotism. So the the deputies and the leaders of North Carolina gather together, and they say, you know what? We're not going to drink any more tea. We're not going to wear any more British clothes. And so these ladies do a something very similar in, in the form of this political act, which is unique about this, is because the women were not politically involved. The husbands, you know, they did it all, and the women just, you know, I don't know, they kind of sat around, I guess, and watched. Not these women, not the women in North Carolina. No. Many ladies of this province... I'm going to continue with the uh, the declaration. Many ladies of this province have determined to give memorable proof of their patriotism, referring to their husbands, and have accordingly entered into the following honorable and spirited association. I send it to you to show your fair countrywomen how zealously and faithfully American ladies follow the laudable example of their husbands. Oh, how dare they follow the example of their husbands. And how dare they refer to those examples as laudable? Don't they know their husbands are buffoons? Don't they know that women have been liberated? Don't they know that—we don't even know what a woman is anymore? Don't they know that men can now dress up like women and overtake— All right, I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting out of control here. I shall continue with the proclamation. How zealously and faithfully American ladies follow the laudable example of their husbands— and what opposition your matchless ministers may expect to receive from a people thus firmly united against them. We cannot be indifferent on any occasion that appears nearly to affect the peace and happiness of our country, and it is a duty which we owe not only to to our near and dear connections, but to ourselves. So the ladies uh, in Edenton, North Carolina, formed the Edenton Tea Party. And they, you know, they signed this proclamation that we're done drinking tea, and we're done wearing uh, British clothes. And the and the British, you know, they kind of laughed this off. Um, I've got a quote here from uh, one of the Englishmen. He's very sarcastic when he says, Quote The only security on our side is the probability that there are but few places in America which possess so much female artillery as Edenton. Well, I think he was probably proved wrong about that. Uh, the petition shocked the British and loyal colonists. They didn't expect it because it's women. It's it's women standing up and speaking their values. We would refer to them now as the Mama Bears the 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 mothers the daughters the sisters the wives standing up and saying hey enough's enough we're done uh london magazines labeled the edenton women as uncontrollable can't, can't these men over there in america control their wives why are these women are uncontrollable how dare they enter into such political discussion and debate don't they know that's not their place No, no, they did not know that was not their place, and were happy that they did not know that was not their place. While visiting London, North Carolina royalist Arthur Iredell was vexed after hearing the news of the Tea Party. In a letter to his brother James, he sardonically asked, quote, pray are you becoming patriotic? Is there a female congress at Edenton too? This cannot be. We cannot have any more females vocalizing their dissent. Someone put this female rebellion down. Although there was no dumping of tea into the ocean, the petition penned at the Edenton Tea Party was nothing less than a bold display of patriotism and love of liberty. And that's what we know it for. October 25th, the Edenton Tea Party, the, the woman's action was also a political first. Before the 1770s, women did not sign petitions, but in Edenton, politically aware women expressed publicly not only a love for their families, but also for liberty and for country. Penelope Barker most likely reminded them that they played an integral part of any attempt to create a virtuous republic. Protecting liberty requires persistent boldness, and from time to time, the unexpected, Sometimes an intrepid individual such as Penelope Barker needs to inspire the listless and timid among us to steadfastly defend our liberties, and I would dare say, speak our values. This this to me is why history is so important, and it's why the the proper telling of it, the accurate telling of it, is so important. Uh, you know the, the, these, you know the the women couldn't vote. But yet, these women it, did not allow that to hold them down. They didn't allow that to hinder them. They didn't, you know, sit around in the corner and, and bemoan their victimhood. No, they didn't. Instead, they formed the Edenton Tea Party, and they signed their own petition and made their own proclamation, something that just wasn't done. That's just not done. But sometimes protecting liberty requires persistent boldness. And from time to time, it requires the unexpected, much like a nun sprinting across the field to tackle a, a protester. I, I don't know why I love that so much. <laughs> just that visual. It's just, uh, it's so perfect. We we just, we have to rise up and and share our values. And it's important like the ladies in, in Edenton on October 25th, 1774, who gathered 50 other women and like, you know, the tea party on December 16th, 1773, you know, 50 some odd men, I don't know, 50 or 60 guys. they They, they gathered like-minded individuals around them. You are not alone in your values. I can promise you that. Gather like-minded individuals around you that share your hopes and your dreams and and the things you care about, your values, people that, that share your values, surround yourself with these individuals and express your values together as a group. Join a grassroots organization or start a grassroots organization or show up at your local school board meeting you know we talked to tim cross a couple of days ago and he said that's what you know he and you know he was a pastor in muskegon county michigan and and he and and some community members and neighbors just as a group started going to the school board like-minded individuals d- did not enjoy the direction that the school board was taking that school and they just decided we're going to get together uh, and then, as a block, they said, "You know, I'll run for school board if if you'll run." You, there were three seats that were open, and as a block, they ran. One of them won, not all three. One of them won, and and it was Pastor Cross who won, who unseated the school board president. You know, sometimes that's that's what it takes. And I think a lot of times we feel like we're alone, and and we're afraid. We we fear you know we're by ourselves we're the only one who thinks this way i don't want to stand out i don't want to you know make this this grand statement when the fact of the matter is we are not alone there are people who share your values people who feel the way you feel as a matter of fact i would say probably the silent majority the silent majority feel the way you feel who carry your judeo christian values find these people let's let's gather together let's gather like-minded individuals um you know our our schools are i I, dare i say the battleground ultimately because the fight is for the minds of of our kids because if they can get into the minds of the kids tell you what i have got i've got a couple clips we're going to play before the show is over you know let's go to let's go to Candace Owens. I've got a clip from Candace Owens, which she really speaks to the moms out there, the Edenton ladies that are among us. And she speaks to this whole idea of 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 this mental attack on the minds of our kids. So let's uh let's take a listen to to this clip from Candace Owens.
1: I was a consensing adult and I wanted to identify in a certain way. Do you feel like that's something that should be interfered with? or do you feel like there still is a duty to combat that in a sense? If you want to identify as a fox every day and bark around Central Park, I don't care if you're not impacting me. I would caution you against it as a friend. When people are suffering from various mental disorders, as a friend, you should tell them this: your life isn't gonna end very great if you keep following and pursuing this path. But as a person, as a passerby, I don't really care what somebody does if it doesn't impact me. I think the moment that transgenderism as an ideology became problematic is when they started insisting on it as something that's taught in the school system, as something that's being taught to children. This is when it really woke me up and turned me into a bear because I will not allow my children to be intentionally confused by professors.
0: So Candace Owens is at a turning point event and, and this person in the audience stands up and he says, you know, if, if, if I'm a consenting adult and I want to, you know, if I want to identify as, as whatever, you know, what's the problem with that? It's the issue here. You know, I, you're going to combat this or, you know, can we just I'm an adult. Can I just be? And Candace Owen says, absolutely. I mean, do what you want to do. You know, if I'm walking through Central Park and I see you on all fours pretending to be a fox, you know, howling or barking or, you know, whatever the fox says, um, uh, you know, do do what you want to do. I, I don't care. You're not bothering me. She said, the moment it became problematic is when they began teaching it to our children. That's when the flip switched. The, the flip. That's when the switch flipped. As she said, I became a bear in that moment. That they started telling our children, yeah, you know, you can you can be the opposite gender if you want. Matter of fact, you should be. Matter of fact, you probably are. If you if you feel a certain way you know now they're they're bringing kindergarteners in and they're introducing the gender unicorn to teach them that gender is fluid and that if they're a girl but they play with with blocks and trucks they they might be a boy and if they're a boy but they want to play dress up or they want to play you know with with the dolls then they probably are a girl or they might be a girl and they just sow these seeds in the minds of these kids and and this is where the fight is and 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 Candace says, that's that's my problem. And that's where it becomes problematic is when you start teaching it to our children. And, and I think she might have been you know, referring to, to college because she, at the end there, she says, I don't want a professor confusing my child. Well, it's not just happening anymore at the collegiate level. It's happening all the way down to kindergarten. I mean, the gender unicorn is out and about making the rounds. Which I think is hilarious that you're you're using an an animal that is not real, to teach something that isn't real. I mean, the irony there is so rich. It's just if you if you appreciate irony, then you just you can't overlook that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna use a gender unicorn to teach the fluidity of gender. No, it's just too good, but it's not. It, it, there's there's nothing good about it, but on October 25th, the Edenton Tea Party, the ladies, the ladies stood up. They made a proclamation. They they politically signed a petition, which just wasn't uh, it. Just wasn't something that you did in the 1700s, um, and 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 we're seeing you know similar things today. We're seeing moms rise up. I mean, we've got we've got mom groups that are happening all over. Moms for Liberty. I've got a a stack of stuff here that deals with Moms for Liberty that I don't think we're going to get to today, maybe tomorrow, but such good stuff. Do not be afraid to stand up and speak your values with like-minded individuals. All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. We have more clips coming. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you on board. Thank you for joining us. That last segment, we finished it by listening to a clip from Candace Owens, who she basically said this whole idea of, of transgenderism, this whole idea of of men dressing up like women and women dressing up like men became problematic when they began to push it on our kids. So I think that that's something we would all agree with. Uh, I mean, I think it's weird if a guy wants to dress up like a girl. But, I I mean, you live in a free country, pal, so I I guess, I mean, if you want to dress up like a woman, you know, but that doesn't mean you get to go into the ladies bathroom. Okay. You might think you're a woman, but you're not. So use the men's bathroom. Um, you know, but the, but, but the problem is when they start telling our kids in school, yeah, you know you might be, you know, and then, and then you can fill in the blank. So Paul bet David has this interview that we're about to listen to a couple of clips. He's, he's interviewing Graham Stephan, who is uh, you know, he's a, a real estate guy. And he asks him an intriguing question and I want you to take a listen to it. Let's, let's pause here and take a listen. So if you have to choose
3: which of the two things to put in school and you have to have one of them, which one will it be? You ready for this technical question? Yeah. Would you rather have your kids have to learn about God and pray every morning and to pledge allegiance to the flag, but they don't get LGBTQ learning you know, all the different sexes and all that stuff, or would you take God out of school and add, they have to learn about what it is to be gay, lesbian, bisexual, queer, trans, and they have to know at an early age because it's part of us being free and not being discriminatory. Which of those two would you want your kids to learn about and you have to give up the other one?
1: I feel like there has to be a balance because you don't want to be oppressive or let's say your kid is gay, you don't want them to feel like they can't be accepted and they can't be themselves.
0: All right. So there's the question. He says you can only choose one or the other. Your 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 kids are in school, and you can only have them learn about God, pray in the morning, and say the Pledge of Allegiance, or they can learn about LGBTQ, you know, what it is to be gay, lesbian, queer, trans, you know, all the all, all the rest. What what do you choose? You can only have one or the other. And uh, Graham says, oh, there's got to be a balance, which the the problem with that answer is, I mean, there isn't a balance. And there has not been a balance for decades. So when we present it this way, you know, when the question is presented, you know, what if you can only have one or the other? People are going to say, no, no, you got to have both because there's got to be a balance. Well, why isn't there a balance? Huh? Why isn't there a balance? And then he goes on to say, you know, he he attempts to explain himself. He says, you know, because you don't want to be oppressive. There's got to be a balance because you don't want to be oppressive. If your kid is gay, you don't want them to feel like they can't be themselves. So is that what's happening here then? Uh, Is there oppression happening to the Christians? Uh, you know, what if your your kid is Christian? Is he allowed to be himself right now in public school? Huh? Huh? You see that? I mean, you see how the argument can be turned around? I mean, this isn't even the point of the interview. I just wanted to, I just wanted to extract this little nugget out of it. You know, their whole point is, no, you, you got to have balance. You got to You got to present both sides because you don't want to be oppressive. I mean, what if your kid is gay? You don't want him, you he's got to be able to feel like he can be himself. All right. Well, then it goes the same for the other side. There's got to be balance. You know, you don't want to be oppressive to the Christians. I mean, what if your kid's a Christian? He should be able to feel like he can be himself. Right, Graham? Right? You know, I don't I don't know where Graham stands politically. You know, I don't know if he's left or right or where he stands. I mean, you might be able to you know confer it by his answer um you know draw some inferences by his answer but uh you know he's a young guy I mean he's probably just trying to you know be middle of the road here and not get in trouble however uh the the meat of the interview happens next and this has really what I want to get into to, to tie into the Candace Owens clip. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, how, how can you have it one way, but n- not the other? How, how, how come, you know, you got to have a balance because you don't want to be oppressive because if your kid is gay, they got to feel like they can be themselves, but it's not that other way. You know, if your kid is Christian, then it's okay. You can be oppressive. I mean, if your kid is a Christian, he he doesn't need to feel like himself matter of fact he shouldn't feel like himself he said he should transition into being a non-christian you know i mean that's probably you know that's the that's the point that we're getting at all right let's take a listen to clip two because this is where uh this is where it gets a little meaty some sort of you structure.
3: gotta pick one of them you gotta pick wow. one of them come on Grant. i
1: don't know man okay. i i don't I, so that's a yeah. problem
3: but well, that's a problem yeah and, and the reason why that's a problem is the following thing. Um. Are you gay? Me? No. no. <laughs> Correct. What do I? You, what do what? I need to do to convert? listening. What do I need to do to convert into being gay? I don't think you, you can. You don't think I could convert you to being gay? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, Who converted you into getting a real estate license? I did. Who influenced you though? How did you learn about real estate? I saw a TV commercial for a million dollar listing. Perfect. Kind of so, in my mind. And you yeah. were influenced to be a realtor. You weren't born with wanting to be a realtor. Bingo. Yeah. Did you get it? Let me explain to you what I mean by this. Sure, please. So stats came out that shows which generation is the gayest generation of all. That's part of the LGBTQ community. Do you think you care more about what I think at this age or when you were 14 years old? Definitely 14. No problem. Me too. Right? So... Do you think it's easier to convert you in a way of thinking at 14 or 33? 14. Of course. Right. Right. Okay. I became a Christian because somebody talked to me about it. I got into insurance because somebody influenced me to get into insurance. Okay. I got into bodybuilding because I was influenced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I went to Santa Monica Community College because I was influenced because that's where Arnold went. Influenced. Somebody influenced you, right? Mm -hmm. Four generations. Five generations. Traditionalist. You got the boomers, millennials, Gen X, and you got Gen Z. You ready? Traditionalists, 0.8% of our gay. 0.8% of traditionalists are gay. Boomers, 2.6%. Then you go to 5%. Then you go to 10%. You know what percentage of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ? 21%. Mm. 21%. So who do you think cares less about what you and I think? Traditionalists or Gen Zs? Traditionalists. You think if you and I are 70 years old and we're gay, do you really think you and I care about what other people think? What do you think? No. You're coming out. You ever seen a grandma or grandfather drop F-bombs and it's like, get your butt out of my, because that, you know, I'm 10 years away from living and dying. Like, I don't give a shit what you think about me. But if 21% of Gen Z is gay, they're being influenced, just like you were influenced to be a realtor, just like I was influenced to go into SMC, influence that's a problem so the fact that you a very smart guy a super successful guy at your age cannot tell the two apart that means you're you're not really putting a lot of thought into what's going to influence who
0: so paul bet david presses him he says you got to pick one come on you come on come on you got to pick one and he said i don't know man i can't i can't i can't and then uh paul says well that's a problem the fact that you can't make this this judgment call this decision right here this is a problem and then he goes into explaining that that problem and he does a very good job he he says "Can, can i convince you to be gay you know uh of course, Graham says no. I don't think you can. I don't think there's anything that you're going to do or say that's going to get me to go to the other team. Graham is, I don't know, probably in his early 30s, and then, you know, Paul makes the point that it's really easy to influence a 14 year old. And 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 he really makes the point when he when he brings home the stats, and he says the the traditional generation only 0.8% of them are gay. The boomers, only 26 2. of the boomer generation is gay. The millennials, only 5%. Then it starts going up, Gen X, 10%. When you get to Gen Z, he says 21% of them are gay. Why is that? It's because the influencing is happening in the schools it's happening at a young age it's happening when their brains aren't fully developed they are very influential they want to please people and and they're they're trying to learn about the world and they want to be taught about things and you know when someone comes along and says to them hey you're feeling this way and it might be because oh, you know you're actually you're not a boy you're, I'm sorry to say, but you're a girl, or, or you know, maybe you're gay, maybe you're trans, maybe you're queer, I don't know, whatever their, their definitions are. We don't use their definitions here. But they're able to get into the minds of the young. And this, this was Candace Owens' point where, it, you know, she said it became problematic when you started, you know, telling it to to my kids, when you started teaching it to the kids, that's when it became problematic, became a problem. When you decided that, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's start teaching the kids this sort of thing. And this is Paul's point to, to Graham. But then he drops the bomb on him, you know, when he says, you're a really successful guy, but you're not putting any thought into who is influencing who and and that's a problem. And that is a problem in society when we when we just you know, we don't consider the power of influence and the power of influence is it might be one of the the most, you know, it might be one of the strongest powers out there, especially when we're talking about young people, the power of influence. And this is why our our voices are so important today. This is why us standing up and proclaiming our values becomes so important. This is why the Edenton Tea Party is so important. Did it make a difference? Well, you know, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, I don't know. But in that time frame, in that moment, women standing up politically, signing a petition, making a proclamation and and saying we're we're not drinking any British tea and we're not wearing any British clothes. It made a statement in the moment and it it let people know, hey, we're we're serious. We mean business about this. It let England know we're serious. We mean business about this. We're not messing around. Our, our, Our Us standing up and declaring what we expect and, and declaring it to our, our political leaders, uh, letting our, our state legislators know, here's what we expect. I've got this article out of, this was just a couple of days ago, uh, out of Wisconsin. It says, Wisconsin GOP passes bill protecting children from trans procedures. The Republican-controlled Wisconsin Senate voted on Tuesday to pass a bill that would protect minors from accessing sex-mutilating transgender surgeries, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers, because citizens in Wisconsin are letting their voices be heard. The state Senate approved Assembly Bill 465 in a 22 to 10 vote with Republicans unanimously voting to protect children. How is it that when the state legislatures want to, uh, you know, vote to uh, destroy parental rights. A hundred percent of the Democrats vote for it. And then, how is it when when states vote to protect children from mutilating transgender surgeries? hundred percent of the Republicans vote for it. This absolutely goes back to uh, yesterday's clip of of Bill Maher, where he's saying, "Do the Democrats realize what they're supporting?" Do they realize that they're sharing values with Hamas, a terrorist organization? Do do they get that? And it's, it's the same thing here. Do the Democrats realize that they are supporting the destruction of kids while not supporting the, the rights of parents to raise their children the way they see fit? Do they see that? And more importantly, do American citizens see that? Because if our eyes would, would open up... To to the values of the two parties. Now look, I, I'm the Republicans are not perfect, and I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they are. I mean, there are Republicans that I just, I mean, what's happening right now in the House of Representatives is driving me nuts. I just wish uh, I I can't even ah let's not go there. It's just gonna see now. Look what you've done. You've 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 <laughs> you made me derail things talking to myself I'm not talking to you the audience has made me done nothing look the point is the Democrats are very clear in, in where their values lie. they're very clear this this Senate in in Wisconsin hundred percent of the Republicans unanimously voted to protect the kids if passed the legislation would bar health care providers from engaging in or making referrals for certain medical intervention practices upon an individual, under 18 years of age, if done for the purpose of changing the minor's body to correspond to a sex that is discordant with the minor's biological sex. You know, I've got another article here, which I just don't have time to get into today. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow. 18 states file amicus brief supporting Florida's decision not to pay for trans procedures. And it's because uh, voices are being heard now you might live in a in a blue state like me, a very leftist state where the Democrats control both chambers and they control the governor's mansion. They control the the state supreme court. They control it all. you, you know. But we still have to make our voices heard. We still have to speak out. Our values still matter. We still have to take the advice of the ladies of the Edenton Tea Party and make our proclamations, sign our petitions. I mean, that's, you know, we've got to do it.
2: We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news out loud
0: Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, you're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I'm just curious uh, how's everybody feeling out there? I hope you are taking your Cofix RX. If you're not, you should be. My next guest actually is the senior vice president of Cofix RX. Yeah. Dan Nichols thanks for joining us
2: hey thanks for having me on and a fellow Michigander right
0: we are Michigander so uh yeah. who were you rooting for on on Saturday night
2: well this is gonna really be bad to tell you but I actually forgot about that happening I'm a U of M grad
0: okay well you were rooting for U of M
2: yeah yeah sure I'm a U of M grad so um I mean I'm not anti-state um all the time but I um but I'm definitely a U of M grad so
0: well they put the whooping on him at one point it was 35 to nothing
2: Nice, and you know what? I caught in your bio that you were, you went to OCC as well. Uh, yep, uh, 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 Oakland University. Yep, yeah, that's just down the street from us. We make our product right here in Michigan.
0: Excellent, yeah. Michiganders of the world, unite!
2: Yeah.
0: Fist bumps. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm happy to have you on board. Personally, I love the product. You know, I I, I tell people all the time that uh, I. I tested it first and I was a little worried about it because it's got iodine in it. And I've heard, you know, Dr. McCullough talk about, you know, if you have an allergy to iodine, don't take it. And mm-hmm. uh, I recall, a, you know, a few years ago I was getting some, uh, I had some kidney issues and they had to inject a dye in me and take a picture and I you know, it was iodine in it and I had a and this horrible allergic reaction. So I, I was a little worried about, about taking the product and, Actually, my wife was worried. I wasn't. I just wanted to take it. Right. Uh, I took it. No issues. It it did what I wanted it to do. So thank you for making it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very welcome. It's been uh, two, 29 months in business. So, And we went from our first couple of mail order customers to uh, we're in a little over 15. We're roughly 1,500 pharmacies, about 500 uh, health food stores, and then a, a couple hundred medical offices, and we're actually backed by board-certified Michigan doctors as well, medical doctors.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So, what made you? I don't know what what was the impetus. What?
2: Yeah. So one of the original one one of the inventor initially of the product as uh, a doctor and a medical director and a double board certified you know doctor real brilliant guy all about the science and um, when the pandemic hit he was concerned about his daughter in new york city who was also a, a doctor and his wife was a doctor as well so lots of doctors so um he was concerned about her and he recalled a study that he had done um and when he and when he was in medical school around swabbing a nose with iodine and how it reduced staph infections to zero oh wow and he thought wow well long story short you know Doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with iodine for decades. In fact, uh, there's a uh, 3M makes a product that's just like it's it's iodine swab, and they've been selling it in like from an industrial sort of perspective to the hospitals for for years. It comes in a little baggy, um, which is kind of odd in a, in a number of ways. But that gets into the, uh, the political environment. Um, but um, so that's been going on for a long time. It's a known it's a known thing. Like they do that. It's not uncommon. And uh so he thought, well, wow, there might be a better way to deliver this. So this same ingredient, a better way to deliver it, maybe compound it with some other stuff. So he connected with my CEO who uh who's owned and operated several businesses. And um then Dennis, my CEO, he ran with it and brought it to what I'll call the I don't know, 30 or 40 yard line. Mm-hmm. Um and um <laughs> just making me think of the U of M game you were just talking about. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so and then and then I, I uh, started working with Dennis in, uh, in uh, that May, and um the, the and and the three of us Jeff, my COO, and Dennis and I, uh, eventually onboarded about another nine other employees, and we've just grown like crazy. And some other big opportunities are starting to pop open. But it was a pretty um, funky environment for a while. Um, you know, as far as having a product out like that. Uh, but we sold half a million bottles in 29 months um so and yet we're still relatively unknown you know so i'm glad you like the product it's good to have fans out there it's you guys that really helped to build the business along with our compound not 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 compounding but our community pharmacists our mom and pop pharmacists and our health food stores they've built this brand from the ground up and just said nothing but great things about it they love it mm-hmm. and you know and the and the neat thing too is that when you when you take this product into a into a pharmacy to sell it um, they'll turn Cofix over on the back. First thing a pharmacist does, they get a big smile on their face and they go, oh, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I bet you wish you would have invented it. They go, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is such, you know, we added vitamin D3 to it as well, which just helps to support a healthy immune system. And there's some other known ingredients in there that are known to support, uh, you know, good health.
0: So um, I, I told my staff about it. So I, um, you know, I, run a Christian school, classical Christian school here in Flint. And I don't know, maybe a staff of 20, 25 people. And so in staff meeting one morning, I was just talking about, uh, I guess my, my story with Kofix RX. And I, and I just explained to them that, you know, one morning I woke up, I wasn't, you know, my, my throat, it was in my voice. And, and, um, my wife said, you know, uh, I, I think you sound like you're coming down with something. I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good. But yeah. well, by the afternoon, <laughs> I said, "Where's the Kofex?" And this is where, you know, she was a little worried and concerned because of the iodine. I said, "I don't care. You watch me. I'm, I'm taking it." And uh, later on that evening, you know, my my voice was starting to come back to normal, and I I took the throat spray and the nasal spray. Uh, I just went to town on it, and I, I don't know, maybe I went over the limit, but I I kind of, I don't know what the what the minimum amount is, but I probably overdid it. Mm-hmm. My point is, I was telling my, my staff about this, and I said, I've got this box, and I'm going to leave it here for you. I'm going to put it in the office. If you're feeling the slightest little bit, go to the office and, you know, grab something, the <laughs> throat or the nasal. Uh, that was Seven o'clock, seven fifteen. I went in the office at noon. It was gone. It's gone. The, the box was empty. I don't. know.
2: That's what happens to our resellers too. The stuff is gone. They they bring it in and it just sells. It's got a, what they call velocity rate is very high. It flies off the
0: shelves. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It flew off the shelf here. Yeah. I just said I, you know help 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 yourself. So I I I can't wait to get you know some reports you know from staff members. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. uh, I mean, you know, Doctor McCullough's been talking about it for two and a half. Well, at least, yeah, for about two and a half years, going back to twenty twenty one May, which is roughly when we came to market, and uh, he's been talking about it since then. And I always confuse the two, and I I almost am embarrassed to say it was at the House or the Senate. He 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 shared. uh, Do you remember when he was sharing with it? That that was what really kind of took his. Made him, uh, you know, he got a lot of notoriety out of that when right. he did that, and he testified. I'm going to call it testifying, um which is probably inaccurate, but he told him "Hey, you guys are dropping the ball. If you'd send people home with a, a povidone iodine nasal spray, it could go a long way to helping to benefit this entire experience that we're all having right now." And uh, to me, he's a hero. You know, I yeah. love the guy. Um, Without and, and, a doubt. Yeah. So you know, he's a guy that wasn't afraid to take a stand, um and yeah, it's. I mean yeah, it's been, it's been a great, it's a great, it's been a great run. So.
0: Well, um, what is the, um, maximum dose? Do you know?
2: Yeah. Well, so I overdo it. Um, look, I'm not a doctor, not going to pretend to be, but I know that, um, we believe it to be safe and have had no, you know, anybody that has any written in or called in, there's been 500,000 bottles later. We haven't had any, uh, you know, big, um, I can't come up with a word right now, you know, not symptoms, not contraindications, but, um, Lisa, do you know it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, adverse effects. Thank okay. you. Effects. Right. Uh, it just hasn't happened, um, and that's been through a lot of product. I mean, povidone iodine. Think about it, it. Was in your grandmother's medicine cabinet, maybe even your great grandmother's medicine cabinet. It's been around for a long time. Um, people have been using it for a long time. They paint your body with it in the surgery. They dump it into wounds after you know after they're ready, right before they're ready to close you up. Um, so I know that for me personally, like if I'm using the product. Um, I'll use it like uh, this weekend I was, uh, I was on the train. I went from Detroit to Chicago and back and I went to a a functional medicine doctor show there where I was sharing the product with functional medicine doctors. They love it. They love our product. They like the simplicity of it. And, um, uh, I, I, I felt a couple of times I had been really close to a lot of people and I just, I pumped it up there a few times up each nostril, smushed it all around, just made sure it was in there. Um, would I do that every day? No, probably not. Because at some point you might start to create some um, agitation or some, uh, swell. you know, I, I, it hasn't happened to me because I have never done it or gone that to that extent. But we have uh, on the back of the box, it says, you know, use up to three times daily, um, you know, in the studies that we read and piggybacked on early on, which were just people using a, a, a povidone iodine nasal spray um, showed that using it three times a day for six months um there were no known side effects you know um or adverse reactions um so and it's got vitamin d3 in there too which helps to lubricate you know our product really does goes a long way in cleansing the sinus passages you know we wash our hair we wash our hands there's this thing called nasal hygiene there's two dirty ends to the intestines and this is one that's pretty easy to clean right here you know <laughs> so right. um that that's you know really what it boils down to is that 95% of the viruses that we take in uh, or, you know, pathogens, uh, we take in or through our nose. And if we can help to clean that clean, you know, keep that area clean, it should go a long way in supporting a healthier life, you know, just being, just staying healthier. So,
0: well, I, I think I can attest, I don't know if this is, I guess, anecdotal, um, it's not going to probably count as any research, but, yeah. uh, I mean, I was, I was taking it a lot nasal yeah. and, and throat, I think maybe I mean, the box said three times, I think I was up to six or seven, but I just, what whatever was going on in me, I wanted it gone.
2: Yeah. 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 And we I, get a lot, we get a lot of anecdotal conversations. We get a lot of that. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, look, And one of the questions that comes up, like, well, how do I know it works? I said, look, you go Google the ingredients, you go Google that and look for legitimate scientific articles that help to support the ingredients in our product, you know, um, you go do that. Because I mean, there's so much I can't say when I'm having the conversation, because uh, we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't done a clinical study yet. Uh, You know, the doctor that did the initial formulation um, relied heavily on piggybacking off of other studies that have been done. And just the very fact that it's you know the ingredients are, are are known to do what they do, you know, they're powerful. So yeah.
0: Well, I can attest to it. Uh I love the product. I'm I'm grateful that you uh you put it together.
2: Yeah, thanks. And you, you know you talked about the nasal and then you also mentioned the um the nasal solution spray. here and then the, the throat spray. These, yeah. like you said, these are the two different products. We we made a, a small run of these. And within, with uh, my team's help, we moved out like 20,000 bottles of these in a matter of four or five weeks. We didn't wow. really know that it was going to be that popular uh, but it went pretty quick. And I, again, I let people know roughly 95% of the things we take in are through our nose and about 5%, well, the remaining three to 5% are our throat. And then our eyes is where viruses tend to infiltrate okay. and just keeping those areas cleansed, you know, seems to be a, a good way to go about staying healthy. Um, so that's something our, our, uh, that's so great about our products. And um, Uh, Dr. McCullough is aware of the FLCCC. Are you aware of them too? The, 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 uh, the group, the FLCCC. So it's a consortium of thousands and thousands of doctors all over the world. And um, they actually name us, you know, they name our product as protocol for various, you know, issues. I keep it as simple and vanilla as that. And, uh, and also this product right here, our throat spray completes what they call their nasal oral cleansing um, protocol. Just to keep those areas clean. Mm-hmm. So
0: well, I use it. I like the protocol. I'm glad it's out there. Good deal. Um, and thanks for your time,
2: Dan. Yeah. Thanks so much, Dean. And uh go are you go blue or go green? What are you? I'm go
0: blue. Yeah. All right. I, I All mean, ahead. I I don't know if you if you know this, but Michigan State actually uh founded Oakland University. It was a like a campus of Michigan State. Got um, it. You know, so technically, I guess I could. I didn't
2: know that, though. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I like blue. I was rooting for blue. I've got kids here in the building that were a little upset that I was rooting for blue. But, you know, we like winners, right? We go with winners. Yep, yep, yep.
2: Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it to come on your podcast.
0: Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for doing it. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. I uh, again the uh the product Cofix RX I think is an important product especially now we're going around into flu season. And uh that's what I, I tell people, go grab it, um use it, make it part of your 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 regimen.
2: Yeah, don't forget if they're on the America Out Loud website, they can click the banner and they can get a discount on the product as well. So,
0: coupon code 25.
2: Hey, you know it <laughs> is that yep. one still alive? I didn't know if it was 20 or 25, but no, okay. No, it's
0: 25. Coupon code 25.
2: Awesome. And, uh, good. Yeah,
0: that'll get 25% off. That's a stellar deal, by the way. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, good talk, Dan. Uh, I hope we talk again in the future. All right. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye. There he is, Dan Nichols, Senior Vice President of Kofix RX. I, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, but the other day, <laughs> this article came out. Speaking of Cofix RX, this article came out, and the headline is CBS removes popular cold medicines from store shelves. Sudafed, Mucinex, Allegra, Dayquil all fail to outperform placebo pills. Oh, man. Last month, 16 members of the FDA's non prescription drug advisory committee unanimously voted against the effectiveness of oral phenylephrine, The key ingredient contained in Sudafed, Mucinix, Allegra, Dayquil, and all the highest-selling decongestants included on a federal list of medicines deemed effective for over-the-counter pills and liquids. CVS is voluntarily removing over-the-counter cough and cold products. Uh, after this uh, Food and Drug Administration advisory panel confirmed the effective ingredients of America's leading decongestive medicines do not work. Millions who consume Dayquil, Sudafed, and other medications stocked on store shelves while looking for relief from a stuffy nose might as well be taking dummy pills, according to government experts who reviewed the latest research on the long-questioned drug ingredients. So, uh, there you have it. Don't wait until you're you're stuffy. Don't wait until you're congested. Nip that bad boy in the bud. Flu season is right around the corner. And you definitely you want to go after it before it uh before it gets to you. Cofix Rx. I'm telling you, is the way to do it. Uh just uh, the the providone iodine, the xylitol, the, the vitamin D3, these active ingredients are. Are going to get it done for you. You put these bad boys up against a, a placebo, and you know, of course, I don't know. I've never done any uh, clinical trials. It, for me, it's only uh, anecdotal. But I, I think the anecdotal evidence is is the evidence that that matters. You know, I, I want to know what have you tried? What are you doing? What's worked for you? What you know, this kind of stuff to me is important. So uh you know Cofix Rx. It's it's the real deal. And you know, you're not waiting. You're not waiting until until life is smacking you up, up upside the head. You are going after it. When you when you hear it and you feel it and you see it knock at the door, go after it. All right. Uh, thanks again to Dan Nichols for joining us, Senior Vice President of Cofex RX. All right, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining us. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Deeds List. Let's unite to renovate the age.